0: listening to the 30 podcast. Here's your
1: host, Jazz Kang.
0: What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Thursday. Don't forget, before we jump into things, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. You can catch us uh, anywhere you get your fix, really. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Also, check out silverscreenandroll.com, the NBA offseason. Don't know when it's officially going to start, but the league should have some dates nailed down here over the coming weeks, but we do know the draft is coming up on November, November 18th. Up until then, don't forget as well, go to com where we got you covered for all your Lakers content. Joining me today, a man who's been on with me a couple times before now, still hasn't calmed down over back-to-back championships for the city of Los Angeles, a very drunk, possibly, and a very happy Christian Rivas. Christian, what's going on, my man?
1: I'm, uh, yeah, I feel great, <laughs> not because there's any alcohol in me, but because there is just like a natural intoxication with, the dodgers winning your first championship in your lifetime which is the case for me um i was born in 1996 so uh 8 years after after the dodgers won their last championship um and i'm going to be honest with you i felt more emotional with that championship than than i did the lakers i think some of that has to do with the fact that the lakers are like my day job and i and i cover them so much but i was talking to my friends about this I think it's just because this core Dodgers group has hurt me so much and I I really didn't feel that with this Lakers group like this Lakers group was good right away and it was very obvious that they were going to contend with the Dodgers you knew they had the talent to contend you just you know I, I don't know what curse they had that was lifted over them but I'm, I'm glad it's gone um, I mean you argue the curse was the Astros but we won't get into that.
0: <laughs> we'll spare the details on the Astros thing, right? That was—I was kind of hoping they played each other. That would have been a lot of fun too, though, in the World Series.
1: Oh yeah, I would. Uh, Some—it's the idea of taking out the trash yourself. I was—I wanted it, but you know, uh, a World Series is is just fun too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I—it was funny because I, you know, I, I live in in downtown L.A. and I remember when the Lakers won. Uh, it was I mean, people were honking their horns and coming downtown and, and you know, it was busier than I, I've seen it since the beginning of the pandemic, other than maybe the uh, the protest after the uh, George Floyd murder. But um, it got it was it was crazy down here when the Lakers won. Dude, when the Dodgers won, it was insane, man. I mean, like <laughs> I was just like, what the heck? I couldn't fall asleep till about 2, one thirty-two in the morning because there was nonstop uh, choppers around. You can hear people honking their horns. And then there was a fire right down the block for me that they set in the middle of Olympic and grand. I'm all for the celebrating. I'm all for the people coming downtown, dancing, having a good time. What I'm not for is breaking things and and doing all that. And on top of it, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So put some masks on, you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't, I don't really understand that. But again, let's not jump into this whole political (laughs) aspect of it. Um, Getting back to the Lakers. They are now, I mean, again, we don't know when they're officially going to hit the off season. Uh, The NBA, Looking at somewhere around one hundred nine to one hundred and thirty two million for the for the salary cap next season. Of course, that's it's going to be a little bit skewed due to the economic fallout of whatever's happening across the world right now with uh, with the coronavirus. But uh, one guy we want to jump into and want to focus on for, for this podcast is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, had a good first couple of years, especially for a guy who was drafted as late as he was. Looked like a promising player you know apparently from what we heard uh palenka and the and the lakers were were hell-bent on on hanging on to him and any ad trader one of him and and ingram and and lonzo and, and and kuzma ended up staying um didn't really have the season we were we were hoping for and and you're looking at 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 what um you know he did he ended up averaging uh, 12.8 points, lowest of his career, uh, also was a 31% three-point shooter, a little bit better than he was last season. Again, not good enough for what we were expecting, and he only played 25 minutes a night. Again, a career career low for him as well. Um, what were your thoughts on on how Kuz performed overall this season?
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of people had lofty expectations for Kyle Kuzma this season. I was one of them. Uh, I I'm always been a really big fan of Kyle Kuzma and I don't know if I ever talked myself into him being the third star alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis I saw the path for him succeeding on the team because if you think back to last season Kyle Kuzma was to me the only person that really understood what it meant to play with LeBron James which is Moving off the ball, getting open, standing in the corners for three pointers when he has the ball in the paint, and he he just really seemed to get it. And I figured in small lineups where Anthony Davis plays the center, Kyle Kuzma was gonna play the four with LeBron at the three, and you know he was gonna do a lot of the same things he did last season, just in in smaller spurts. And I think what I really underrated there about his game is how much he values touches and and how he needs time to to get hot and get going because when you look at his shooting percentage from last season, um, you know when you look at the ba- the box scores and you go back, you say, okay, well he shot a decent percent from the field, uh, but when you go back and rewatch the games, it's he only shot a decent percent from the field because he missed so many shots in the beginning, uh, and once he got warmed up, it's just he he couldn't miss. And, um, yeah, I I, I just think expectations changed midway through this season. It became very clear that Kyle Kuzma wasn't going to be that uh, as much as fans and even him wanted to be that or he wanted to be that. Um, But for what he was and how much his role changed throughout the season, I thought he was just fine.
0: I think that's the you know what you mentioned that he was just fine, and I think that's where it's a bit of a letdown. I want to say for for, right. for fans and and you know you look at some media members have been have been pretty harsh on him for what he, you know he 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 brings to the table, and I, I agree with you. I mean he was a he was I don't want to say he was a nice piece. He was a piece of the championship puzzle. You know what I mean? And and right. and I think that when you look at um, you know, his, his playoff totals he averaged 10 points a game down from his regular season, uh, numbers shot just 43% from the field. That's brutal. You know what I mean? That, that is not good. Uh, right in line with his, with his three point, um, percentage though, during the postseason. And, and you're looking at, at what he brings. And and I agree with you. I don't, I don't think I ever looked at him as being like, he's going to be the third star, like a Chris Bosh behind a, a LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade in, in Miami. Right. But I did think that he would be kind of like this, this guy who was consistently a 15, 16 point a game mm-hmm. tie behind AD and LeBron. And and I I I love the way he he looked at times, you know, when he was he was cutting and 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 reading the play right, And then when his shot was going, it was like, dude, this guy's, you know, he's on fire. And and when you're looking at what what he did in, in that sense, it's like, okay, yeah, at times, you know, he he looked the part. But overall, I mean, I think that's why he was a disappointment. I think people were expecting a little bit more out of him on on this season. Now, the issue is, and I and I'm gonna say this is when you're playing on bad teams like like he was you know uh early on in in his career, the Lakers obviously were not uh we're not anything close to being a, a championship contender, never mind a playoff contender, you know what i mean and you look at you look at what he was doing uh during his rookie year, it was like, okay, you know this guy has the potential, but then you go look he put he put up those numbers on a on a bad team, right I mean he averaged sixteen points on a on a team that that was a a lottery contender and and so if you're looking. At that, you want to see these guys start to play at a higher level when they're playing with better teammates, when they're playing on a team that is going to be a, a championship contender. And yeah, I don't, I don't think we we saw that from him consistently enough. And I'm trying to think back now. I mean, I, I believe it was back in uh, December or January and February where he had this run that he was putting up twenty, uh, had a had a thirty point game in there, but he was consistently scoring. And then once the restart happened and we got later into into the season, he was kind of non existent. And and for me, I think. That's where the the frustration comes in. Is he he was a little bit too up and down, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I and I I don't know if it's so much him playing on bad teams. I think that's you know the 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 simple conclusion to make. And I think you know some of it is true. I also just think it's him. It, it just goes back to him getting his touches because when you look back at that that stretch you were referring to, uh, is when he started nine games yeah. with uh, and games that Anthony Davis and LeBron James weren't healthy or, you know, JaVale McGee wasn't healthy. Um, In those nine games, he averaged 20.9 points per game on 49.7% shooting from the field and 36% shooting from the three-point line. Uh, And he averaged 5.4 rebounds per game too. That is more or less the player I expect Kyle Kuzma to be in that number two role on any team. I think – the the reason the Lakers and Lakers fans were so high on Kyle Kuzma after his first two seasons in the league were this isn't him just getting a lot of touches and making baskets it's the the way he was getting baskets it's how he was moving off ball the soft touch he had around the rim and in his at least for his rookie year how sweet his three-point stroke looked even when he had a hand in his face it's just he looked like a dynamic three-level scorer and you know, when he was that number two option alongside LeBron James, the shots weren't falling and they really haven't since his, his freshman season. But uh, I I mean, everything else he was doing, it was the stuff he was doing in his first two seasons in the league. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And I mean, it's also kind of the reason where you look at Kyle Kuzma and say, you know, where does this guy fit on the team? If, if, Kyle Kuzma, I, I think Kyle Kuzma deserves a lot of credit for the way he adjusted to not being that guy. You, you talk about the growth you want to see from Kyle Kuzma in his third season. I think you saw that growth, particularly on the defensive end. I mean, yeah. you look at that first series, the the first series against the Portland Trailblazers, Kyle Kuzma had the second best defensive rating on the team, only behind Alex Russo, who is not just one of the best defenders on the Lakers. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, I, and when you look back at where Kyle Kuzma started the season and even further back where Kyle Kuzma started his career, that's legitimate growth and, and more growth than he needed in any of the other areas. The problem is that regression for him in every other area, which can be attributed to a few things. Again, him not being that number two option anymore. And I think the thing that's discounted a lot when it comes to talking about you know, Kyle Kuzma's drop in numbers is him playing with Rondo because the whole key to Kuzma succeeding with that second unit as a spark plug is him but putting the ball in his hands and making him the primary ball handler you cannot do that when you have Rondo on the floor and you certainly cannot do that when you have Rondo and LeBron on the floor
0: yeah that uh, that makes sense I mean that breakdown yeah when he's playing with Rondo who again we've seen just play another level in the playoffs right. that's why he's called playoff <laughs> rondo for a reason in the regular season he makes a lot of boneheaded and and head scratching decisions and you're uh-huh. kind of wondering like what the hell is this guy watching I- i'm with you you know when he was playing that like, you mentioned that nine game stretch and ad was out and you know he was getting starting i noticed a difference with him in his confidence you oh know, when yeah he knows, when he knows he's gonna play 30 minutes you know for 35 minutes depending on on the night um he has this different swagger about him and he's almost afraid like. I mean, there was one game I, I remember that I think they beat the the Mavericks in, in early January. I don't remember the mm-hmm. exact date. He was struggling from the field. He still took 20 through 23 shots, I think it was. <laughs> and it's like, you know, he, he has that about him. Like, dude, I know that even if I missed a shot, I'm not coming off. Whereas when you had both LeBron and AD out there, you almost look a little bit too timid. And so, uh, you know, I think for him, it's going to be a, a, a mental thing as well. You know, like, you know, he's only 25 years old and he, he still, you know, can't reach another gear, I think, in his game. But I think mentally for him that that's going to be kind of the thing that Rob Polenka and LeBron James, I'm sure will have a say in it. And and the rest of the Lakers brass kind of have to figure out, Uh, let's jump into a couple more things about Kuz. We'll do that after a short break. All right. And we're back. Uh, Christian, what what we were talking about there before the break about, uh, about Kuzma now looking at his long-term future with the team. uh, He's still on his rookie contract going into year four. Um, They can extend him at a 5.2 million uh, qualifying offer, but he would be an rfa coming up uh, next season now when you when you look at what what he brings do you do you think that they're going to end up bringing him back or is that something they should kind of play it by ear and see how it plays out because uh in the piece i did for silver screen and roll with uh with wind i mean he he's like i would absolutely 100 re-sign kyle kuzma because that way at, at the very least you have him as an asset so how, how are you looking at this contract situation with kuz
1: i, I think there's some truth to that I think it all it it just all depends on a lot of dominoes falling before next summer because you look at the cap situation that the Lakers are in assuming the cap jumps to the 125 million dollar projection it's supposed to which you know who knows at this point yeah um if the Lakers didn't have Luol Deng's six million dollar dead salary on their books They'd be able to keep Kyle Kuzma's, I believe it's roughly $10 million cap hold, and offer a 30% max contract to somebody like Giannis Anantokounmpo, who, you know, I, I think that ship has sailed for me personally. I don't know. I, I think he probably signs a Supermax with the Bucks this offseason. Uh, but even like a guy like, you know, Drew Holiday or uh, Victor Oladipo, who I know a lot of Lakers fans, including myself, would, would be interested in seeing the Lakers take a flyer on. Um, it's just you you can't keep Kuzma's cap hold on the books if you're gonna go star chasing. And by everything we've seen the Lakers do over the last few seasons and the recent quotes from Rob Polinka about how he wants to sign a player that can, you know, play alongside Anthony Davis for hopefully the next eight, ten years. Um when you when you're making comments like that, I don't know if Kyle Kuzma is that player, and I certainly don't think he's that player or or can be that player as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the team. Now, that might sound like me saying, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are holding Kyle Kuzma back. That is absolutely not the case. If you have to choose two of those three players, you choose LeBron James and Anthony Davis every time.
0: That's a tough decision, Christian. I yeah. don't know I don't know <laughs> I don't
1: know about that, right? <laughs> but but what it does mean at least to me is if you can sell high on him on on the prospect of him going to another team and, and looking as confident and and as good as he did as a starter on the Lakers, uh, you know, nine games in the 2019-20 season and even in the, the two seasons prior to that, you say, all right, well, if we're going to trade a disgruntled superstar like Victor Oladipo, we want to get somebody back that is capable of being a starter, somebody we can have control over in free agency, somebody that's not just going to walk. Um, And I think that's when you get into Kyle Kuzma's value is uh, on one hand, you can look at it as anybody who's trading for Kyle Kuzma is trading for the right to pay Kyle Kuzma. But if you view him as an asset, that's not a problem. I don't know what the Kyle Kuzma's value is in his role with the Lakers. And I think that's kind of what Windhorse was alluding to in his, uh, in, in the interview you did with him is, if you sign Kyle Kuzma to an extension with the type of production he's offering you now, that's a pretty low number. I mean, that's a that's a lower number than other teams would offer him if he did have a breakout season next season if the Lakers traded him. So, uh, to that extent, I get it. I just think it, if they're going to star chase and 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 using uh, windhorse logic, it, it would have to be you know a Kuzma contract extension. It would have to be a Contavius Caldwell Pope contract extension, and maybe even a Rondo to use in a trade for the 2021-22 season. I don't know how much longer LeBron James is going to play at this level, but I mean, the 2021-22 season is two years from now. I mean, or I mean, a year from now, realistically. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting conversation to have. I'm glad um, Brian Windhorst brought it up because I think it is a fair argument to make. I just, I feel differently about things.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I I'm with you on that too. I, I think if you're looking at what the what the long term projection of of the franchises, and you know, Rob Polenka has alluded to the fact, well, eventually they're going to try and have a succession plan plan to LeBron. But I mean, judging by the way he played in Orlando, that guy's got like another three or four years left at him. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think I don't see him slowing down at at any point right now. And um, you know, but l- like you mentioned, I mean, bringing Kuz back, he's still a nice piece on this team. Is he essential to mm-hmm. this team? I, obviously, I, I think we both agree that he's not essential. I mean, you could upgrade him at any point and, and, and get somebody or even, you know, trade them and get somebody in of, of a similar skill set who will fit the team just as well. Um, and, and I think that's where the interesting part comes in for, for management. And if you're looking at, if, if you do extend them, great. You know, like you mentioned, you, and, and like windor said, it's like, okay, you have an opportunity. You can kind of, um, you know, look at another team who says, Hey, we want to get a bit younger. Um, you're probably not, unless it comes with a big package with, with the Lakers, you know, they're have a. Don't really have many first round picks left, you know, over the coming years because of the AD trade. Uh, you know, hard to maybe imagine a team wanting to take, you know, giving a true superstar up with a with a package centered around Kuzma, but you can bring in another veteran piece or a proven piece who might bring you a, another skill set that you're looking for. The issue is though, if you do say, let's say they bring him back on a two, three-year deal, how much do you think he's worth? Like, are, are you looking at Danny Green type money at 15 million a, a season? What what do you think you're looking at if you're trying to you know lock him down for three or four seasons?
1: yeah that that is the fifteen million dollar question if you want to put a number on it um i I know he probably thinks he will get more than you know ten fifteen million i think what with what he is to the the Lakers right now, which if we break it down is really just a high energy guy off the bench that can play decent defense and make himself available for like open shots which mm-hmm with all due respect to Kuzma, those guys are a dime a dozen in the league and yeah. they they are going to make a lot less over the next few years than he's going to demand in free agency. That is my main argument for trading Kuzma is this ed- iteration of Kuzma, whether or not it's his ceiling or not does not matter. It's his ceiling with the team alongside LeBron and AD, unless he starts knocking down his three point shots with any consistency, then you start to look at, you know, somebody who is more similar to um, Markeith Morris, just a little more defensively versatile. It, it's somebody like uh, PJ Tucker, except again, that can probably guard the perimeter a little better. That's a player you try to invest in long-term. That's a, that's a long-term investment you make because that's a valuable role player, a, a three and D player at the wing. Like, what, what team doesn't want that type of player? We have not seen that from Kyle Kuzma yet. Um, his, his freshman season, the, the way he shot his freshman season is an, an, an anomaly at this point, even when you look back to his college numbers. Uh, so it it all depends on how you view Kyle Kuzma and how the Lakers view Kyle Kuzma. And if they think this is it for him, this is as good he's going to get with this this group, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you pay him. I I personally probably wouldn't go past $15 million. And I think even 15 million is kind of a lot.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I think 15 million. And again, people are probably gonna look at it. Well, he's better than Danny Green right now. Yeah, he certainly is, but I don't think he's he's worth 15 million on a on a three or four year extension. You know what I mean? I think you could do a little bit. A little bit better than that, so I I would say you know maybe in the eleven twelve million dollar range. I think you're looking at for for Kuz, but I, I'm with you and you and you were mentioning this in your, in your answer there is his ceiling. What is it? You know, yeah. I, I, have we already seen it? Did 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 we you know see the best that he's going to be when he was you know in his rookie year there and 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 putting up the points again on a on a not a very good Lakers team? Um You're going to see the guy that he had 18 points last year, averaging that without. Uh, this is the 18 19 season I'm referring to without Anthony Davis and LeBron James for a huge chunk of the year. What is his ceiling like? Where, where do you see him being in terms of his numbers and his his impact? Is he a can can you consistently rely on him playing 30 33 minutes a night, or is he? Are you looking at what? And again, this is where I think you know I, I was mentioning that earlier is well on a bad team or maybe even just like a fringe playoff team he's probably playing 35 minutes a night on a championship team. I think you're realistically looking at the role that he had this season at at 23, 24, 25 minutes per game. And, and that's what you're going to get out of Kuzma. And then you got to wonder, is this guy worth, you know, 12 to 15 million bucks a season?
1: Yeah. And I think again, Kuzma has shown, I I've been wrong about Kuzma in a lot of aspects. Um, I was wrong about his fit with LeBron and AD and how well he'd fit. Some of those factors, I did like. I did not expect Rondo having as big of a role as he did this season. Yeah, Uh, but you know, I'm I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. The area I stand firm on, and I think the numbers agree, is as a starter, Kyle Kuzma. There's there's no question whether or not he's a starter. Again, averaged 20 points per game in 32 minutes in nine games as a starter. Looked like the player we thought he'd be at this stage of his career in those short spurts. It really just comes down to roll with him. If you play him 30, 35 minutes a night in the starting lineup, you're going to get a really productive player. Uh, If you hand him the keys to your second unit and just let him go crazy, I think you have a really productive player. If you're going to use him as just, again, an energy energy guy, uh, somebody you put on... The third or fourth, third or fourth best offensive player in in a closing lineup, it's not invaluable. It, it just, again, there's so many guys like that that the Lakers can have on on a much cheaper contract, much shorter term contract. And yeah, I here's my thing. Here's and here's really one of the last things I'll say on Kuz. I don't have a problem with the Lakers keeping Kyle Kuzma around. What I have a problem with is them using him the way they are. I think if you're going to maximize Kyle Kuzma uh, and, and commit to him long-term, you need to say, Kuz, Rondo's not here anymore. Right? Let's just say Rondo signed with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. This second unit is yours. When LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not on the floor and they're getting the rest, or maybe one of LeBron and AD are on the floor, The ball belongs in your hands. You're taking these shots. You're getting hot, and you're getting us 20 points per game because we need that from you. Anything else, like everything else you learned last season, keep with you. Just remember that scorer's mentality you had because that's what made you an enticing prospect in the first place. So that, to me, is my elevator pitch to the Lakers is if you're going to keep Kuzma around, that's fine. You cannot keep using him the way you are.
0: I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's not going to be the last thing you say about Calgary because we're going to wrap up on, we're going to wrap up on this question. I, I agree with everything you said. I think if you're looking at how he's going to fit with Vogel's rotation and, and what they see for the long-term projection for him, that's where they're going to have to make that decision. And that kind of leads into uh, what I wanted to wrap up, wrap up on here is, okay, do you, do you ultimately think, and it has to be yes or no, can't be a, we're not going to yes. waffle on this. We'll both, we'll both okay. kind of give our, our, our opinions on this. Otherwise it's a pointless question, but um, is he going to be a Laker two seasons
1: from now? Um, I'm gonna say no. Ooh, okay.
0: What do you think ultimately ends up happening? Trade?
1: Yeah, I think I think he's. I think a lot of the moves the Lakers make, uh, and you know, this should kind of go without saying uh, with your question, but uh, it'll probably be done this summer or during the trade deadline. And I think personally, I think what is going to happen is they're going to try to run it back with this roster. Realize that a lot of the same flaws they had last season are going to be exposed with them playing a, against a stronger Western Conference, and they're going to make moves at the deadline. And I think, you know, Kuz is one of the best assets they have. So, if I had to guess, Kuzma Kuzma is gone by next trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I, I, you hit the nail on on the head for for my opinion as well. I just don't see him. I don't see him uh, lasting here long-term. Like I said, I think you, you you can give him another year maybe. And like you mentioned, um, you know, maybe makes it through to the trade deadline, but I just don't. And, and that's, again, I think if you're looking at it, if the Lakers were looking at it with a long-term vision, like we're trying to build this team to be a contender and, and, and or not even be a contender, but morph into a contender. Like say you didn't have LeBron or, or 80 on the, on the roster right now. I think that, you know, you'd be looking at keeping him for a while, but, Ultimately, uh, I, I'm with you. I just don't see the fit next to LeBron and AD. And what the Lakers are trying to do is win a championship next year. Uh, LeBron around for another two or three years after that. They're obviously going to want to be want to be contenders and win win titles. So I, I don't see him. I don't see him. Uh, I don't see his long term future being here with the Lakers. And who knows? Maybe he joins Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball and and Brandon Ingram in uh, in New Orleans and they get get a reunion <laughs> of that crew. Uh, Christian, anything coming up fun this week for for Silver Screen and Roll that you guys are working on?
1: Um, this, I mean, over the next few days, we're going to have, uh, all the player previews on the, both on the podcast network and, and on the site. And then, you know, the draft is right around the corner. 28th pick, who knows what, what the Lakers will happen. They got Kuzma with the 27th. Uh, they also got Larry Nance Jr. with the 27th. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. You got something to look
0: forward to there. All right, that does it. Uh, that does it for this episode. Don't forget as well, subscribe to our Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. As Christian mentioned, we're going to be kind of breaking down some of the guys from this season. I'm sure we're going to get into a preview of the off season as we get closer to the date. Uh, and as well, don't forget SilverScreenAndRoll.com for all of your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next week.